Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Support for this podcast comes from HealthNetics. Do you have nagging aches and pains from your younger, more athletic days? HealthNetics CBD is a premium brand CBD that may help take care of aches and pains, as well as relieve anxiety and sleeplessness. HealthNetics products are all natural, THC-free, made in the USA, and undergo third-party lab testing to ensure quality and purity. All CBD is not the same. Order today with a money-back guarantee at HealthNetics.com and use promo code SPORTS for 20% off. Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What's better than this? Guys being dudes. What's better than this, folks? The Draft Dudes Podcast. I am Joe Marino of FanRag Sports and NDT Scouting, joined by Kyle Krabs, who's the founder and director of scouting at NDT Scouting. And welcome to episode two of this new project, Draft Dudes, that Kyle and I have put together. We are excited to be here. We've got a great topic on hand to get in to some of these quarterbacks, but uh before we do that, Kyle, what's up, man? I have a question for you. Is okay. the podcast going to be on iTunes soon oh. or, or not? Yeah, you know, I might have been asked that 20 times yesterday. And it's 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 very gratifying to know that you guys want to subscribe to the show. And yes, the show will be on iTunes next week. We have to get a cache of a couple episodes before we submit for... Uh, iTunes to uh, put us up on their docket. So, yes, Draft Dudes will be on iTunes sometime within the next week. Thank you guys for listening. And, Joe, I just can't help but smile when we go with that intro, man. (laughs) It gets me fired up every time, man. man. Uh, 
Steve Adazio, like we didn't even mention him on the first one. We we've got to thank the man for giving us that gold to uh, to build this thing around. And uh, you, know you know what he got... he really is. I had to tweet him when he did the Salt Bay. Uh, oh God! Signing day video. Beautiful. Like, he is a national treasure. Like yeah. I think he he gets that his um, relevance in these contemporary topics like Salt Bay. Um, <laughs> is kind of ironic and he plays that to his advantage. And I think it's hilarious. So Steve hat tip to you, dude. Yeah. Thanks. Steve Adazio is a dude, right? For sure. Oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) No doubt. So we've got a great idea for you here that we're going to get into. We know everybody loves quarterbacks. I prefer like interior offensive linemen, but we know that people like to listen to, to quarterback banter. And so here on episode two, what we want to do is get into a pound the table slash pump the brakes concept where we're going to take four of what is considered to be the top quarterback prospects available in this 2017 draft and Kyle and I are going to rotate back and forth between pounding the table you know setting the scene for why he is an exciting prospect and why a team should draft him when they're ready to take a quarterback and then the other is going to say no no pump the brakes here's the concerns here's why we should pass on this player at this given time so we've got four quarterbacks on tap today and we'll do this again because we want to make sure that we capture, you know, all the big names. So we, you know, we're not going to get into the Sean Watson today. We're going to save him for the next time that we do this. But we've got four on tap, and uh, this should be a lot of fun. Yeah, and Joe, give yourself some credit, man. This is your brainchild. Um, so you have a great idea for the people. I'm just along for the ride and to talk up Mitch Trubisky today. Hey, we're better. Yeah, (laughs) that's that's. I said, sign me up as soon as I heard Joe say, uh, "Yeah, you want to pound the table for Mitch on the show?" Uh, (laughs) Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I mean, we're we're better together. That's the strength that we have. We we can both put our heads together and have have show ideas. So, uh, you know, why don't you uh, you know get the table ready because it's time for you to pound it. For Mr. Mitch Trubisky. We've got to do a disclaimer real quick, though, right? Because in a minute here, I'm going to talk down about Mitch Trubisky, but he's my number one quarterback, and I have a first-round grade on him. So what we're trying to do here is get all the perspective out there, get you all the information uh, of why you could make a case or why you couldn't, uh, but ultimately know that we're forcing ourselves to take certain angles. Uh, So just keep that in mind as we go through this process. All right, everybody clear clear the table. No drinks (laughs) off. You know, I don't want anybody spilling anything. Let's talk about Mitch Trubisky. Um, Mitch, when you when you look at the product that he put on the field this year, you know, as a player with with one year of starting experience, um, was really impressed, particularly in the middle section of the year, uh, with his ability to play and control the offense through adverse conditions, like that Pittsburgh game. Uh, they're down 13 points with like four minutes left, and they end up going on two touchdown drives to win the game. Converted four uh, fourth down conversions, passing the ball on those two drives combined. Uh, showed good control, good control of the pocket, good control at the line of scrimmage. Uh, and even just going beyond that situational type stuff, which I'm starting to find myself putting more stock into, uh, the ability to put the ball uh, into any given area of the field. I've seen some people kind of talk down his arm, but if you watch when the mechanics that he has 
are correct. And he gets that trail leg to swing through and drive on his throws and get weight transition. He puts really good zip on the ball. And I've seen him throw 55 yards off his back foot. So, you know, I would wish my arm was that weak that I had a 55-yard off-the-back-foot type of caliber talent uh, pushing the ball down the field. Uh, I like the anticipation that he shows. He did play in an offense uh, that featured a lot of high-volume quick screens and smoke throws. Uh, they really relied on Ryan Switzer as a, as a run-after-catch type player. Um, but he worked at all levels, and he was processing route stems uh, against off coverage, if he's got a speed out, the ball's out before the receiver is into the break, and it's thrown with consistency and accuracy. Um, yeah, I, I just really like, for being green, you see so much second-level type of on-the-field product. There, there, There's a wisdom beyond his years as far as how he plays the game. Um so if you're looking for projecting that into a ceiling, uh, Joe, I almost did your job for you there and did the disclaimer, but I'm going to let you take it. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Um, just think of where he is now and, and the, the advanced concepts that he's able to illustrate on the field now and think about get this guy two, three years of additional starting experience and think about where that ceiling can end up. I think it's tremendous. So, Kyle, this is tough, but I've got to tell you why we need to pump the brakes on Mitch Trubisky. And I have to go with the narrative. And and the narrative is supported by Bill Parcells, right? Bill Parcells has four rules for drafting a quarterback. And you know what? Mitch Trubisky doesn't check any one of these four boxes. Bill Parcells tells me that a quarterback must be a senior. Nope. Bill Parcells tells me that he must graduate. Nope. Bill Parcells tells me he must be a three-year starter. Nope, he's only started 14 games. And Bill Parcells tells me that he must have 23 wins. Well, that's not possible because he didn't start 23 games. So, neither did Cam Newton. Neither did Cam Newton. Yeah, right. So, I mean, and obviously Bill Parcells doesn't have, like, this great track record of drafting quarterbacks. I mean, what he's got, like, uh, some some – that, those are just his rules. He's got some stickers. <laughs> He's got some stickers. I don't want to sit here and crap on uh, on Bill Parcells, all right? Because I got a lot of respect for him. But if you if you're one of those uh, guys that subscribes to those types of theories, and those people exist, and and there's nothing wrong with that. Bill Parcells has done quite well for himself. Uh, but you have to you have to understand that. You know, there's the concerns that he just hasn't had the experience. And you've said many times that, you know, Mitch Trubisky's still learning what he can get away with. And sometimes uh, he'll put a football into a place that he, he shouldn't and can't. And uh, so learning those nuances, uh, considering he's only started, you know, 13 game, 14 games and, uh, you know, not a ton of passing attempts. Not that I want to disclaim everything, but there's a reason I'm trying to pump the brakes here. So if you had to pump the brakes on Mitch Trubisky, you would have to uh, really dwell on Bill Parcells and his rules for drafting quarterbacks. Let's move on because that was tough, right? That's, like I love um, Mitch Trubisky. Uh, you've sucked all energy and excitement I had for this show out because you talked as much bad. We spent about 45 seconds too long talking about <laughs> Mitch. Well, hey, I had to do my job, man. Do my job. Sticking in the parcels. Yeah, we just got to hashtag keep pounding, right? Keep pounding. Let's keep pounding. Next up, Patrick Mahomes, Texas Tech quarterback. Man, uh, let's pound the table for this guy. What an exciting playmaker, right? So this is a guy who 
has a ton of ability with his legs uh, to elude rushers, to keep his eyes downfield, to make throws. Uh, he can get outside the context of the offense, keep plays alive, and deliver football. And you want to talk about arm strength. I mean, this guy can drive it to any part of the field. He can shred it between defenders. And, uh, you know, like, uh, you watch his tape, and it's it, you're like, oh, that's luck. That's luck. That's luck. That's luck. But, like, how many times are you going to sit there and say that's luck while he's making spectacular plays? Like, this is a true uh, gunslinger that knows how to create offense. Um, you know, I think it's easy to criticize what he's not able to do within the pocket because he does so much outside the pocket. But there are games where I came away with my notes and looked down and said, wow, he won from the pocket a lot in this game, right? So it's just a little bit of maturity. It's 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 getting him uh, to be a little bit more consistent with both aspects inside and outside the pocket, but I think there's a great skill set to tap into. All the arm strength that you can want, uh, the ability with his with his legs to run and pick up yards as a scrambler and extending plays to make throws, uh, even on the run. And, you know, he plays in this air raid offense, but he actually goes through progressions a lot more reading the entire field than other players that are in these types of wide open spread systems where it's predicated on spacing. Uh, I think he does a good job of trying to work his progressions and find the best matchup where there's the best leverage and the most space. And, you know, look at Aaron Rodgers and what he was able to do this past season. Uh, you know, it was a lot of routine rhythm stuff, you know, just letting coverage dictate the throws. But at the same time, you know, he was playing a lot of backyard ball, and, and, and I like that. I think you need to have that element to your game, and uh, Mahomes does that at a high level. And, you know, look, let's take a chance on greatness and pound the table here and take Patrick Mahomes. All right, Joe. we got a couple questions for you. We just got done talking down Mitch, so i got a question for you. Who do you think, between Mitch and Patrick Mahomes, uh, how many games do you think each of those two players saw snaps in? I I actually know the answer, so... <laughs> 32 apiece. 32 apiece, that's 38. right. Each seen 30 snaps in 32 games. Now, Joe, Patrick Mahomes has 29 starts versus Mitch's 14. Do you know how many wins Patrick Mahomes has in 29 starts? Let's hear it. Well, he's got four more than Mitch. In twice as many, over twice as many starts, uh, thirteen under five hundred uh, winning percentage. Now I, I hear you guys. I understand QB wins is contextualized something that's worth noting. Uh, I have my gripes with with Mahomes on the field. Um, when you look at this passing offense that he's in, uh, he really seems to have a. Uh, what I like to call a touchdown to checkdown mentality. He's either looking for a kill shot or he's dropping his eyes down late into the flat. He's going to hold that ball and look, 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 wait for something to uncover down the field. He might flush the pocket, whether it's necessary or not. And if it's still not there, okay, now I'm going to throw to my checkdown after that flat defender has had the chance to suck back down because the the receiver has vacated the area and he's going to neglig or get a negligible gain on that kind of rep. So it's it's a lot of timing stuff with me. Um, I mean, you even look at you know he'll try and run a throw an out route twelve yards down the field, and 
that ball does not consistently get to the same spot. And the reason is when he's taking his snaps out of the gun, uh, there's no drop. He He's just standing at the back of the pocket. So he, he doesn't have a semblance of meshing and matching and combining pass drops as a quarterback with the depth of the routes that he's throwing. So something like that is going to lead to a very high variance as far as when are you supposed to release the ball? You're just looking for it? That's the whole that's I think a really underrated part of pass drops as a quarterback is if you're running a three-step drop, you're running a three-step drop because the receiver you're supposed to target is going to be at the top of their route stem getting into their break when your third foot hits the ground. And you don't see any of that. You said he was a, a, a what was it, Sandlot-style quarterback? Backyard, backyard, backyard quarterback. quarterback. Um, that's fine, but that's not sustainable. You know, he has all the arm talent in the world, but you need to be able to play with timing and structure in your offense. And I don't see a whole lot of that from Mahomes at all. So while there is a massive amount of arm ability, and I love you know, how cool he is under pressure to you know, look and, and be willing to hold the ball and take a big shot, uh, you have to play with, with structure in your offense, and that's the biggest thing uh, that I have not seen a whole lot from him, and that, and that was the, the gripe that I had with Johnny Manziel coming out. Now, granted, I don't think Patrick is anywhere near as much of a, uh, how do I put this, liability off the field as Johnny is slash was, but that still is a very concerning parallel to be able to draw and say, okay, you know, it, it, there, there's way too much of this flat-footed in the pocket. If you see it, you rip it. If not, you're going to sit there and hold and wait for somebody to uncover down the field, and then you're going to run around and throw across your body. And it, He's got the arm to get away with it, but it's, just, it's not a sustainable model to win as a quarterback. Sorry for that. No, I hey, feel like that was over. <laughs> just do my job. It did your job, man. We that's the thing here is we're forced to take angles and uh yeah, um so I'm just gonna go into my shell here and uh pretend <laughs> I never said anything about Patrick Mahomes being good. So <laughs> I, if it makes you feel any better, I'm gonna pound the table for Brad Kaya right yeah, now. Yeah, and I'm so, looking forward to the rebuttal. Uh, go ahead. Yeah, okay. Um <laughs> well seasoned player, he's he's started thirty eight games in, in three years. Uh two time captain. Uh, has had success with the program, 22 wins. Uh, he's got an NFL build. He he could fill out his frame a little bit more. Um, he's a pocket passer. Uh, this is the first guy we've talked about that doesn't have positive net rushing yards in his career. Um, but that's okay. You know, you, in the NFL, you like your guys to be able to win from the pocket. Um, just looking across the board as some productivity items, uh, he he protects the ball fairly well as far as 24 interceptions in 38 games. Um, he's got almost 10,000 passing yards in his career, over 60% completion percentage. When he's on and he's in a rhythm, he's damn near unstoppable. Like he he will buzz the ball very well. And this is the like the he's the polar opposite of Mahomes, where he has timing, he has an understanding of route combinations and timing and throwing with timing, and he's accurate 
mostly in the short and intermediate areas of the field. I think a, a West Coast offense for him would be a home run type of fit if you have a really strong interior offensive line. Because as long as he can see and he's got space in front of him, uh, he can zip passes with accuracy. He's got pleasant amounts of zip. He doesn't have a cannon, but he's got enough baseline arm talent to make teams pay down the field if they give him space and if there's a receiver that's manifested open. Uh, but where he really thrives is that three and five step timing areas, uh, shorter route combinations, looking to let your athletes make plays after the catch. Uh, I, I think Kaya can be very, very, very successful in that type of offensive structure. So Brad Kaya, we need to pump the brakes here, Kyle. Um, <laughs> I've got a lot of concerns with Kaya, and look, if we're if our goal is to obtain quarterback purgatory, well, then let's turn in the card for Brad Kaya. But uh, I think he is the recipe for average to below average quarterbacks that uh, tease you a little bit, but at the end of the day, they're average. Um, accuracy I, really fades for me beyond 15 yards. Um, and on top of that, he's like he's got, like the occasional flutter ball comes off his hands. I don't know what that is, why it's not coming off consistently, but I don't like his ball placement beyond 15 yards, and like the 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 tight passes for some reason aren't always there. The arm strength is is average to below average. I don't you know when he needs to gear it up and and throw a strike between two defenders. I don't see that exciting ability to drive it with velocity. Um, you know, and, and even even making some of those throws, I don't I don't think he anticipates throwing lanes between defenders very well. Um, he's kind of that Mark Rick style quarterback where he Mark Rick likes to have little triangles, pockets where it's an easy three three reads, uh, and then either a check down or t- or take off. So I think he's best at those simple. Uh, concepts where I don't think he's a guy that uh, can look and see, okay, this is cover two, this is where the ball needs to go, these are my routes. You know, he's going to work within those simple predetermined progressions and, and, and make boring throws. Um, you know, his uh, minimal ability to extend plays and get outside the pocket, um, you know, like you said, he's not he's not a scrambler, and, and so he doesn't give me that layer that I need. Um, so I, I, I just think he's boring. Uh, he's methodical, and uh, I, I don't know if he has the ability to make those big throws at end of games. That's going to be the make or break in my team winning football games. So, um, you know, he's a very accomplished college football player, and it's a shame that Chip Kelly's not in the NFL because I think he'd be really nice for that system with quick, easy reads that get the space that Brad Kai can work with. But I think he's limited scheme player, and uh, he's just not very exciting. So can I can I pull, no, can I pause you real quick? Of course. You lit up a really nice comp. Uh, the comp that I had in in November for Kaya was like at his peak, he's probably Sam Bradford. Um, but another Mark Rick quarterback, Aaron Murray. Mm. That's not bad. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. I yeah. I'm not going to say I didn't like Murray more than Kaya, but really. Yeah, they're, I'd have they're to gonna look be at close my... for me. Yeah, sure. Yeah, but similar, right? So, from Brad Kaya, maybe people before the season were mocking him in the top twenty, twenty-five picks. Uh, I don't think. I, I just don't think that's going to happen. No. So, more Aaron Murray in that regard. So, uh, next up, Deshaun Kaiser. Man, there are some people that 
uh, are in big draft media that love this guy. Um, so uh, I'll, uh, I'll try to find the reasons. I'm not a big Kaiser guy, but uh, my job here is to pound, uh, pound, pound the table, actually. Pound the table for Deshaun Kaiser. And, and the most exciting piece of Deshaun Kaiser is what he's able to do when things are breaking down in the pocket. It's collapsing. Rushers are coming. They're hanging off of him, and he hangs tough and delivers the football. I love that, right? He's he's going he's gonna to step up into his throws, even if it means he's going to get blasted and deliver a catchable football. Football. So right off the bat, I love that, right? That, that's not something you see from a lot of these quarterbacks. They're fading back when they're releasing the football, um, but not Deshaun Kaiser. He's going to hang tough and make those tough throws and, and really get the respect of his teammates. Um, you know, I actually, I think he's a fairly good decision maker. Um, he, he will uh, have some bad accuracy as a result of mechanical issues, but I think generally he goes to the right place with the football and he's got a fair amount of vertical accuracy. Like he can throw the football down the field and throw a good football, even though it's not consistent in other areas. He's got the arm strength that you're looking for uh, to, to drive the football where it needs to go. Some of the mechanics limit that because it doesn't always uh, get there cleanly, but I think when his mechanics are on, he can uh, deliver the football with the proper velocity. He throws with a good amount of anticipation. He knows how to find players between zones and understand where they're going to be and when they're going to be open, at what point he needs to get the ball out to get the ball into the proper throwing window. And uh, he's, he's one of those guys that also can extend plays with his feet. So he can win from the pocket and outside the pocket. He's got a fair amount of uh, success as a runner, uh, you know, 18 rushing touchdowns, almost a thousand rushing yards for his career. And, um, you know, he does, despite some of the accuracy and mechanical issues, he still completes over 60% of his passes and, uh, almost eight and a half yards per attempt. So, uh, I think, you know, if you can polish up some of those mechanical issues, um, and, and really get that on point, I think you have a player that makes good decisions, understands how to read defenses and where to go with the football. And, uh, you know, he's going to hang tough, make tough throws, and he can get outside the pocket and win as a runner and passer. So there's a there's a there's an exciting above average skill set to tap in if you can get those mechanics uh, tightened up. Joe, let's talk about turnovers. Okay. No, I'm going to yeah, I'm <laughs> going to talk about uh, some some other quarterback prospects in this class that have better or similar interception rates uh, per start than Deshaun Kaiser. Okay, so I think some of these names might surprise you. Uh, Kaiser has a .83 interception per start ratio. Um, C.J. Beathard, .68. Josh Dobbs, .82. Mitch Leidner, .82. Sifo Lufau, .87. Wes Lunt, Point seven three. Th- those are not <laughs> not top traits. So that that turnover issue there uh, is prominent. It's troubling. Um, Nineteen interceptions in twenty three starts, um, and, and I get it. He has the splash plays that are really going to make people drool. He has the physical. Box is checked. He's a off-the-bus first NFL quarterback, looks the build. Um, he's green. He's got 23 starts to his name. Um, <clears throat> only three more wins than Mitch Trubisky, but um, 
what I really take exception with with Kaiser is he regressed. I thought throughout the course of you know 2015 versus 2016, uh, he went backwards in a lot of areas for me. At least even like someone like Deshaun Watson. Like Watson didn't take that next huge step as a passer. But he was missing the same throws he's always missed. That just appears to be who he is as a player. Kaiser, um, things were crumbling around him throughout this this year at Notre Dame. And we all remember that uh, first game against Texas, the shootout that Notre Dame ended up losing because Coach Kelly, for whatever reason, was swapping quarterbacks until midway through the third quarter when Kaiser was shredding him on every... And it, it just really seemed like that was like the tipping point, and, and the mechanics got bad, the footwork got bad, really erratic stuff. Um, and then on top of that, I saw a lot of tendencies in 2016 locking onto your initial read. Like that's something that we saw. Now that we're done talking about Kaya, and I've done my job, I could talk about how Kaya, when pressured is totally prone to just lock on to a guy, stare him down, and try and zip it out. Well, Kaiser does that same thing. Um, Kaiser, for me, this year is going to be, uh, probably end up being my Blake Bortles, where he's a guy that gets a lot of big draft love because he's got huge upside, um, but there's mechanical issues, there's footwork issues, there's progressional issues, and I had a third round value on Blake Bortles and he ended up going in the top five if Kaiser ends up in that same round range I'm going to end up hating the selection because contextualize yes he has great value but that's such a roll of the dice for a top five draft selection Uh, just really concerned with how he uh, finished the year finished his college career Um, but he was in a tough spot and I understand it because what was going back to Notre Dame going to give him this year right like, like he almost had to come out, but it's just I'm worried about what the atmosphere and what uh, the 2016 season, what trends we saw start to take place, if there's going to be a long-term ramification for that. No, I think you're on to something there. It was, uh, I, I'm not a Kaiser guy, right? So a lot of our uh, colleagues that uh, are, are in the big stages, you know, they love him. But ultimately, I have actually a late day three or late day two grade on him. Oh, I got, so, real, I got real warm in here when you said late day three. <laughs> no, 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 late, late day two. Like, there's Woo! enough there, right? But uh, so uh, I'm with you on that. And that was the kind of the fun thing about this is we force ourselves to take different stances and, um, you know, really just try to put the information out there for people on, on why you should or should not uh, like a particular player. So I uh, look forward to getting into part two of this discussion where we get into Watson and Peterman and Davis Webb at some point in and, the future. And a wild card uh, yet to be wild- determined. Yeah, we're, if you have suggestions <laughs> for that. for that, uh, Yeah, let us, let us know who you want as long as you don't ask for Antonio Pipkin. Nope. No, yeah, because we're going we're gonna to pass on that one. Uh, that is going to do it for Draft Dudes Episode 2. Uh, we will be back on Monday as a reminder. A couple administrative items for you. We will be on iTunes. Can't say it enough because we keep getting asked. We will be on iTunes, we promise. This time next week you will be able to subscribe to the show on iTunes. Uh, Another reminder, we're a Monday, Wednesday, Friday production. Every other day, you guys will have to deal with us. And we hope that you are 
get on board. We're really excited uh, for Draft Dudes. It's a new project, um, but we've already seen some really nice interest in the show. Uh, a lot of you guys have followed us from our previous work, and we thank you very much for doing so. And we are looking forward to you know, taking you all the way through the draft process into the summer and then into 2017 college football season. So a uh, lot to look forward to there. I am Kyle Krabs, Director of Scouting, NDT Scouting, uh, joined by my Assistant Director of Scouting, Joe Marino. Uh, we are the Draft Dudes, and we will be back on Monday. Right now, join T-Mobile and get an unlimited family plan with Netflix included so you can watch in more places than ever before on your phone, tablet, or TV. Plus, buy one Samsung Galaxy S9 and get one free with 24 monthly bill credits so you and your family can binge your Netflix favorites on your new phones. Call 1-800-T-MOBILE or visit a store today. Unlimited data on their network. Video streams at 480p. Small fraction of customers using over 50 gigs per month may have reduced speeds. If you cancel balances due, well-qualified customers, full price, 720 plus tax. Finance agreements required. Netflix for two screens. Terms apply. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.